it takes a little while to to realize that and i know there's probably a lot of those things i haven't seen yet but uh what time i have been on the earth it's just kind of kind of flown by so it's a, it's like a vapor life is is but a vapor and that's so true so excited this morning to share with you from the book of luke uh chapter number eight for the reading of god's word the book of luke chapter number eight i've preached this parable um just not from luke before but the the parable of the sower and i've been reading and studying this this week and we'll begin at verse number one there in luke eight my mind just keeps coming back to this and i was uh sowing my i was sowing some grass out around my house uh this week and this come to my mind and my heart as i was sowing that grass seed and putting that fertilizer out on my yard just trying to make something happen uh they when they built our house they sowed annual rye and it's it's going away a lot of it some some of the grass is staying but that it's annual rye that's what happens so I was putting some grass seed down that I believe uh, should stay once it grows. But as I was sowing this grass seed, I was looking at the different weeds and things in the yard, and I thought, my goodness, I maybe I haven't prepared my yard <laughs> to receive this grass seed like I should. Now, I've got all kinds of weeds. I've got, I, I, you, I'm kind of ashamed of the amount of weeds you'd see right now. Um, but it seems like on that ground, it just per, it's just perfect ground for the, the weeds to grow. But in my yard, there's patchy places with grass and some places with weeds. And I was thinking, I, I hope and I pray that this actually grows, <laughs> that it actually does something. And, um, and so this brought me to this parable here. And I want to I wanna try, to, try to let us look at that with the help of the Lord for a moment. Thinking about why am I not growing? Why am I not growing? The Bible says in Luke chapter 8 verse 1, And it came to pass afterward, that he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God and the twelve were with him. And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. And when much people were gathered together, and were come to him out of every city. He spake by a parable. A sower went out to show his seed, and he sowed. Some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it, as it were sprung up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And, and other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears, let him hear, ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? And he said unto you, It is the given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Let us pray, Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this truth that you've given us here in the book of Luke. Um, and throughout your word, um, these parables you've given us, we thank you for the promise um, of your son Jesus and the salvation that he offers. 
God, I pray that if in any form or fashion we find truth from this, I pray we pray and know that it does come from you and you alone. There's nothing I can say that can uh, be counted of anything, but we know it's only by you and your, your son who is the word of God. That can be uh, a promise of tomorrow. That can be a promise of eternity. That can be uh, joy today. We pray that you'd help us and keep us each and every one safe. God, have your will and your way in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I was thinking about the, the, the little, not, not an experiment, but what I was doing at my house as I was trying to sow that, that grass seed. Um, and I was thinking about that, and, and I, I, I haven't seen any results yet, but it's, it's, that's kind of how it goes. Uh, you don't sow and see uh, the, the, the results the next day. But over a period of time, I expect that I will start to see some results, and that's part of, of that, and, and as I try to tend and care and make those things happen. But I, I do know, and, and, and it may be simple, it, it, I know it is, and that's okay, but, but in our Christian lives, uh, when we are trying to, or when we're receiving and accepting that seed, when we're accepting that Word of God in our life, uh, sometimes we don't see the results, even over a period of time that we want to see. Sometimes we don't see the growth that we desire to see. Sometimes we take a step step back and we wonder what's going on. God, what's happening? Why why is this not going like it should? Or why why isn't this going like I think it should should be taking place? Why why isn't this you know ten feet tall? Why you know all these questions? Why 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 am I not growing? Essentially, is what God's got my mind on this morning. And I, I wanted to think about that a little bit, and I believe that this parable, what was so important, is the issue wasn't with the seed. The issue wasn't with the sower. The issue wasn't with the Word of God. It was an issue with the ground that that seed landed on as, as that caused, that were reasons behind why that seed wasn't growing. Like I said, this is simple, but that's okay. And so I want to think about a few things that, that hinder us and hinder our growth. Uh, that, that, that word doesn't grow. Uh, maybe there's a reason behind why it doesn't grow. And we see it so evidently here. And if we look there in verse number 5, I'll read it again. It says, The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. So I, I would wonder first, and to think about this, what is keeping us from growing? Do, do hunters hinder you? Do hunters hinder you? Are, are there things in your life, it seems like anything that good starts to happen. Anytime you steam, seem to get that fresh rain, anytime you seem to get a little bit of growth, anytime you feel that, that seed start, um, is there something that, that just kind of devours that away? I've felt those experiences in my life, and I tell you, those are some of the hardest times. It feels like that you can't take a step forward because you're getting pushed so far back. It seems, feels like that the next day is not uh, coming because today is so dark. And I, you know, I, I know that I've lived a pretty, uh, pretty easy uh, life comparative to, comparatively to a lot of people. I know that I've not had to face a lot of things that other folks have had to face. I understand that. But nonetheless, our situations individually, they're the world to us because they're our situations. They're what I, we are going through. And there's some days that are so dark. There's some days that are so dreary. It just, it just feels like this world right now is just a dark and, and dreary place to live in and I know there's been days in the past days gone by where it's felt this way before but it seems like the next day what's going to happen what's going to come up what am I going to face what's going on it feels like everything for me a little bit right now that everything that's going on something uh, negative just picks up the good and sweeps up the good do hunters hinder you from growing 
Because, you know, those, those uh, and, and it explains it here, it says that it was trodden down, the fowls of the air devoured it. Think about that, that seed going out and those birds just coming in and just grabbing it. They just, they're, they're looking for a quick meal. And, uh, and, and as I was, I had sown my grass seed and I took my dog out to go to the bathroom and I let him out for a little bit. And you know what he wanted to do? He wanted to, he was sniffing the ground after I'd sowed that seed. And I didn't want him lapping up the, the fertilizer. I had to keep a, I had to keep rain on him. I had to keep the, 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 the leash on him to keep him from just licking up and eat, eating up those grass seeds. And, uh, you know, the, the, these things in the world, they know as soon as that's cast out, they know it's there. And we'll find out in just a moment, it's because they're of the devil. And the world knows anytime there's anything fruitful that gets out there, they get after it. I think about growing up and my mamma taking account of her garden and looking out her back window. Right out her back window was where the, is where the garden is. And watching for groundhogs and different things and turkeys and stuff coming and uh, eating her beans or eating the tomatoes or tearing stuff up. Or you have to go out, even get a little closer to make sure there's not any bugs on any of your crops because you have to tend to those things. But anytime there's anything out that's going to ever be able to produce anything, the world knows it's there. The devil wants to send his devices and his, the fowls of the air to swoop that up and to get a hold of that because he knows what that, that'll turn into. And we were talking the other day, even Papa and Nana and me and Shelby, we were all talking about the baby. And it's like if you leave that baby uh, as it is, if you just don't touch it and, and mama eats and mama takes care of herself and th time goes on, it's going to grow into a baby. There's something there that's going to turn into something. If you put something in the ground, God willing, it's going to grow into something. It's going to turn into something. It's going to produce something. And the devil knows that those things, they sustain life for you. They sustain life for me. Without the word of God, I can't live the life that I need to live. I can't live a life that is worth anything because with, with, if every time time that that seed is out that it gets swooped up and taken away that is a miserable desolate life to live we see these pictures of the desert the deserts and i've never i've never visited a real desert myself personally but if you look at a picture of a desert you'll see here and there different plants and things and you know what i'm talking about a cactus or different things living out there and the animals that live there they're rough and gruff they're all are rough because they have to survive in that kind of atmosphere. And the, the plants that live there, they, they're rough. I mean, you don't go up and just grab a cactus because it's made to protect itself. I don't want my spiritual life to be like that where I've just got stuff here and there that, that has had to turn itself so rough to survive. I want that beautiful, lush plain. You see these pictures way up in the mountains and the, along the parkway especially, and you see these beautiful uh, flat, you know, the flatlands, and you'll see this beautiful wild grass, and you'll see the trees and the animals. It's, it's a beautiful, peaceful place. That's what I want my life to be. But is it the fact that there are hunters that hinder me? I'd say that with, with those people uh, that, that have that, and I say right now there's certain things that are just swooping in and, and, and taking away my joy, taking away my happiness, taking away my growth. But even deeper than this, in verse number 12, it says, those by the wayside, Jesus is talking here, he says, those by the wayside, and they that hear, they, then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should be Thus they should believe and be saved. 
people that you will find that hunters hinder them all the time, constantly, for eternity it feels like, those people have a lack of relationship. There is an issue that you'll see with them where they need to turn to God and ask him, Lord, I'm relinquishing me to you. I'm asking you to come into my heart. I'm not, and I'm saying this is something I'm dealing with here and there. I'm not saying I'm lost. I'm just saying that's a little valley I'm going through. But people who continuously have everything swoop, get swooped in and taken away by some device of the devil, they have a lack of relationship. Jesus just said, you got to believe and be saved. It's amazing what happens when you believe and you're saved. It seems like the devil, he builds this, or it seems like the Lord, he allows that to, to, to fall on good ground. He allows that seed. It's not in the ditch anymore. It's not trodden down by the world. The devil's devices don't swoop, swoop in and take it up every time. It actually has something in it. And when it says there in verse 8, it says, an other fell on good ground. That good ground, that is that relationship with the Lord. Now, over the years in your saved life, you'll find times where you've got to till the ground again. You've got to find times. Uh, I know you've heard preachers say, I'm plowing the ground, you know, when they're preaching. But that's, that's true. Your spiritual life, you've got to get in there and till the ground. You've got to plow. You've got to get the hoe out and get some weeds out of the way. You've got to sometimes even put a little fertilizer on there. You've got to uh, spray with, uh, with some weed killer from time to time. You've got to work to build uh, and make a hospitable environment for the Word of God to grow. But is it a lack of relationship? Is it just simply a matter of maybe we need to know the Lord? Maybe we need to get saved. Maybe we need to know the Lord more. I think that the devil has convinced so many people that they're all right with God. They never grow, and they don't realize that they got to go back to step one and get it right, get truth, get it truly in their heart, not just what some preacher tells them, not just what they prayed on the phone with somebody on some TV program or what they recited at an altar, but what they've changed in their heart. That makes a hospitable ground for that seed to grow. Do, do hunters hinder you? But next, and I say a lot of times this is me in verse number six, and some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Does hardness hinder you? Does hardness hinder you? I, we all know a green thumb, as they call them, a green thumb, somebody that just, they can plant anything anywhere and it'll grow. And I've seen that in my life, and it is amazing. I was uh, uh, over at my grandmother's house a while back, and she, had a, she has a cactus uh, that she's had since her dad died, and he died in 1988. I, I don't understand how that takes place. Now, we know that that plant is designed to survive. And if you study that plant, it's designed to survive over a lifespan of 30 to 35 years uh, or 40 years. Um, it, it's it's mind-blowing. But I couldn't do that, I don't believe. I don't have enough faith in my green thumb that I could make that happen. But this, this seed, and what I'm saying here is the seed, when it falls upon the rock, it says, and as soon as it was sprung up, so it, it had a little bit of a base to start in. It lands on that rock and it starts up and it tries to grow. As soon as it, as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. 
the rock, it can start something, but it won't sustain anything. And you'll see places, I mean, you can go somewhere, they've had some concrete down for a little while, and you've got a little crack in the concrete, and you'll start seeing grass sprouting up. Well, you know what? That, how that happens? There is a crack in that concrete that, that it allows that grass to grow in the soil. It doesn't grow in the concrete. It grows in the soil. And sometimes in our lives, do you feel like that God is just casting those blessings out on you? God is just throwing the seed out. You're trying to grow. You're trying to get closer to him. You're trying to be true. And it... And it doesn't last. I've went through times in my life where I felt like that the, the relationship that I've got to the Lord is like, I'm on fire for a second and then I'm down. I'm on fire. I'm doing good. Everything's great. I'm on top of the world. And then the next day, it's just like I'm, I'm in the pits again. I'm just down and, and out. And I, and I hate how that feels because I feel so separated from God. I, I, I feel like that I'm not where I need to be. I, I feel like and I know and I recognize that, that that seed is not growing like it should. But I believe a lot of those times in my life, it's because there's hardness in my heart. There's something in there. I am the reason behind why that, that seed's not growing. I went through a spell, especially right around the time Shelby and I got married, of just pure hardness. There were some things and situations that happened, just a long story I won't bore you with, things that happened to me that made me hard towards people. And it's easy to happen. Oh, my goodness, it's easy. It's quick to happen. And it happens. I tell you, hardness happens when we don't even realize it's happening. It builds up, and we don't even know that, it, that it's happening to us. We just subconsciously have this hardness building up. But, you know, and, and that ties in, I believe, with the bitterness too because if you allow that hardness to hang around, it'll be bitterness before you know it. And I heard one person say, and he, I'm sure, took it from someone else, but it was, uh, it was said like this. It's like bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting on it to kill someone else. Uh, that's, that's bitterness. That's how it works. And uh, that hardness, it eventually creates that. And I know this isn't specifically what it's saying, but I had got past that point of hardness. I would got past... To that point of bitterness where if anybody wanted to get around me I wasn't worth being around I wasn't there was a point in time where I didn't feel like I didn't feel I don't feel worthy to even get behind this sacred desk but there was a time where I would turn things down uh, opportunities to preach because I knew that I wasn't fit to stand behind a pulpit and uh, and and I knew that my relationship to God wasn't there's no reason for me to get up and tell anybody uh, about the Lord because I wasn't where I needed to be and so uh so I think about that. Does, does hardness hinder you? Is that a reasoning behind why you're not growing? Well, there's a lack of resistance when, with hardness. And verse number 13 brings that up really well. It says, They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time, to, in time of temptation fall away. The people with the hardness, and at my times I see this in myself, Folks with hardness in their heart, they can't grow. That seed can't grow because every time they get in that difficult time, they get in that valley, they get in the test, they get in the trial, that falls away. They fall away. Their temptation overcomes them. They allow their flesh to win the battle, to get the victory. It's going to happen. We can't live a perfect life. I can only live a life that just points somebody to Jesus. I can't point within and say Jesus is, is like me. I'm just trying to be like him. And I don't achieve that mo half the time, uh, three quarters of the time. Most of the time, I can't even achieve that. I'm just pointing people to him.
But when I have hardness in my heart and I have a lack of resistance to the things of the world, every time that word of God tries to grow from me, grow in my heart, grow in my life, it doesn't have anything to grow of. Because I have not created any ground that is sustainable for it to grow from. And I, I'm telling you, I've been blessed by this this week thinking about this. And I'm trying to let God just get this stuff out of my life and out of the way. And, the, and I, I thought last night, Mom and I went to, uh, we went to Walmart to pick up a few different things. And, you know, you see people out in public. And we all have bad thoughts. We do. I know we do. If you don't, then you're better than I am. We all have bad thoughts. And sometimes we even say bad things. Nellie confessed to it before we started, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I, I last night I saw a few people and, and I, I'll be honest with you, I thought I had a bad thought about them, um, just the way they carried themselves. And I, I just, I was convicted that by that. And I thought, you know, I want to get that hardness out of my heart where when I see someone that doesn't carry themselves like me, the way I carry myself, cause I think I'm something when they don't carry themselves like me, that I just plead the blood and say, Lord, I love that person. Get this hardness. I want that out of my way. Because you know what? Last night was an opportunity for that seed to grow, for me to love somebody, and I didn't like I should. That hardness, it, it hindered me. It prevented something to grow me. But it's important that we identify that. A lot of times these people with hardness, they, are on, they on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, I receive the word with joy. We receive the word with joy Sunday morning, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, on the weekends, on our phones, on our tablets, uh, on the radio. We receive the word with joy. And this is church people a lot of the times. Oh, I love church. I love my church. I love doing this. I love doing that. But when it comes down to it, and when these have no root, and these have no root, which for a while believe and in time of temptation fall away. That's a lot of church people right there. That's me in times in my life. And I had to, Lord, forgive me of that. Because you know what? What should I expect from the world? It's the world. It's what I used to be in. It's what sometimes I get myself stuck in again. I'm just as much flesh as anybody else that walks on this earth. And it's, like I said, our trials... They mean the most to us because they're our trials. They're what we go through. But as we talked about Cain, he said, I'm, am I my brother's keeper? And it says in that quarterly right there at the end, it said, we are all our brother's keepers. Anybody that we come across in our life, even further than that, the goal of the cross was to offer salvation to all mankind, not just those that look like me, dress like me, act like me, whatever. I believe that it's, I'm, I'm a changed creature. I don't, I'm not the me that I would be without God. I'm trying to be like him. And those that walk in the world, they need to try to be like him too. And why would anyone want to be like him? Especially on my account, following something that I've shared with them, if I can't get that hardness out of the way, if I can't have this sustainable ground in my heart, to say, when these temptations come by, I'm going to be strong. Sure. Now, like I said, we all have bad thoughts. We all say bad things. We all do things we, we don't mean. Mm -hmm. We just do it. Just almost an instantaneous thing, and that reminds you really quickly that you're flesh. Sure. 
But it is important how we respond to that. Because getting, and even Cain, that's a great example. What he did, killing his brother. That's one of the most heinous acts. I mean, murder is, is, a, is a bad thing, but to me, it's just to kill your own brother. I, I can't, that's so hard to, to comprehend. But God gave him another chance. God gave him another chance. And what he was doing is he was building that hardness on the inside. He was building that on the inside. So God would try to provide to him, cast that seed. It wouldn't grow because he wasn't preparing a hospitable ground. Verse number six, it says, And some fell upon a rock. And as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Oh, excuse me, I'm so sorry. Verse number seven. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. It's a wonderful picture. Let me ask you, do hedges hinder you? There are some hedges. The purpose of a hedge, if you think about a hedge, it is to keep something out. It's to keep something in. But the integral inside part of a design of a hedge, God designed them. There's, there's sharp things inside there. There's twist, twisted areas. They're not easy to break through. you got to get power equipment a lot of the times to get through a hedge. If, if you want to come out without getting scarred up, You've got to you got to do something with a power equipment or something to be able to cut through that. There, when they're there for a reason. When God puts a hedge up, that's the best hedge that, that we can have. His hedge of protection, because those thorns they're meant for the world. They're not meant for us. Well, that they may be if we're trying to get out, but but God's hedge of protection they're meant for our protection. They're meant to to keep us. But there are also there are hedges. I believe that we set up, that we build. Because, and when it says that this, this seed, when it lands and it begins to grow, it says that the thorns sprang up with it. As that little seed begins to germinate, as the rain comes and the sunshine comes and it begins to grow, it's among the thorns and those thorns grow with that. What it does is it gets to a point where it chokes it and it kills that seed. Do, he, do hedges hinder you? Have you built that in your heart, in your life, that when that word, when that seed is sown in your heart, that it can't grow because there's something you, you are holding on to. There's something I'm holding on to that won't allow that to grow. There's a lack of release in verse number 14. Jesus explains it and he says, And that which fell among the thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. There's a lack of release in these types of people's hearts. The fact that we've built this hedge up, we know the way of getting that hedge out of the way. If we can ask God, Lord, take that out of my heart. I don't want to be so stuck on things of the world. I don't want to be so connected to things of this, this world provides. Take that away. Otherwise, any of that seed that's sown in your life, it won't grow because you're so stuck to the things of the world. You don't come out of a thicket without getting, getting skin up here and there, without getting a, a thorn stuck in you. You know, you think about that and you think how God created the animals. There's one animal I think of. I think about a little rabbit. 
how God designed that little rabbit. He can get in a in a briar bush and just weave right through, a lot of times untouched. That's how God created them. God didn't make you and me to be that way. We are uncomfortable in the middle of a thicket. I am at least. You're tougher than me if you if you're not, but you get in there and you get hung up and you get caught up and you get stuck. Being attached too much to the things of this world, that's all it is, is getting yourself caught up in that, in that thicket. You're literally driving those briars deeper and deeper into you if you're more connected to the things of this world than the things of God. I'm guilty of that. I love enjoying the things God's blessed us with. But there gets to a point where you value it more than the word of God, where you've, you've put it in that place where God wants to grow his word in your life. You say, well, I'm, why am I not growing? I can't grow. I, I can't see any fruit from my life. Are there things, every time you start to grow, are there things that come by and take away? Is it just gone? It's like God starts to do something good and they just disperse. They're gone. They disappear. The fowls of the air seem to be eating them up, taking them away. Those hunters, sometimes they'll hinder you. There's often a lack of relationship in those situations. Have you made your ground so hard and so rocky that the Word of God can't grow in your life? A lot of times there's a lack of resistance. The times in my life that I've been the hardest towards God and towards the world have been the times when I won't resist temptations like I should. Say, so, well, I was, I was trying to do right. I mentioned that situation right about the time Shelby and I got married. God knows this is the truth. I've worked and I've prayed through this and I found, tried to find the things in my heart that, that he would shed light on the wrong I'd done. At the beginning of that situation, I did nothing wrong. And I, it's easy to build yourself up feeling like that. But I'll tell you what, over time, getting harder and harder in my heart, I was doing just as wrong as the other people were doing. Eventually to the point where I got bitter and they weren't even losing sleep over it. That's a shame. It shouldn't be that way. I shouldn't be, make myself sick and bitter, especially when somebody else ain't even worried about it. They've moved on because they don't care. That's the nature of the world. But I let... My own flesh talked me into getting sick about it. That hardness, it hindered me. Does it hinder you? The hedges hinder you. Have you built up this hedge in your life? Have you allowed these wrong, these nasty plants to grow inside of your life where you're so connected to certain things that you just can't let go? I see probably the most we see, everybody's guilty, but cell phones. How you go to a restaurant, back when we could go, you go to a restaurant and you see family sitting together and everybody's on their phone the whole time. It's one thing to have your phone out. I, I pull my phone out, check the weather, check different things. I, I like those things. But you know, I can make this a little G God in my life. Some people, that you can make about anything <laughs> into a little G God into your life. It I've seen people that made church a little G God in their life. I, it's, it's, it's amazing that that can happen. 
what you're doing is you're building that hedge up in your heart. Those thorns and that. You're building a thicket. And that seed won't grow. There's a lot of times a lack of release. Because if you let God, he'll take that away. He can destroy that hedge that you've built and he'll build you one. He'll make one to protect you. When there's a lack of relationship, there's a lack of resistance, there's a lack of release, there will always be a lack of results. You won't see anything grow. What hinders you? Why am I not growing? I believe we could probably all find some sense of truth in some of these things. And like I said, this is simple, but that's okay. I like that. I found those hunters, they do hinder me. They're looking for that seed. The hardness, it hinders me. And there's hedges I've built that hinder me. And I believe that I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. To, God, I want to make myself more hospitable for your word to grow. I think that's what's important is that God sees that we, we try to get that out of the way. You know what? You'll, you'll find it, with the, if your faith can be this, if you think about a mustard seed, with the faith that, the, that a grain of mustard seed can do, that amount of faith can change the world. It can change your life. It can change other people's life. I'm sure he's got some powerful seed that he can work with. He'll work with the ground you got. He knows the flesh we have. He wants to work with it. I'm thankful that he is, he does tend our ground in a caring way. He'll get the rocks out of the way. He comes through sometimes and he has to do some, some spiritual weed eating and get his spiritual hoe out and the mattock out and clean that mess up. But he does it and he'll do it for us. We have to want it. I appreciate your time. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to speak to you this morning. And I thank the Lord for the opportunity to preach his word. It's a beautiful thing. And I'm just thankful I've, had, I've got that opportunity. Does anyone have anything as we dismiss? I'm